Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Thank you, Jesus. Parents always want to help their children. Paul the Apostle is no different. He has Timothy, his spiritual son, going through a really hard time. Persecution, uh, people leaving the church, people abandoning not just the church, but their Christian faith, going back to their old ways. And Paul, sitting in jail, he writes a letter to encourage his spiritual son. And it's not the letter that we're thinking. I would have so loved to have heard and read where Paul fixes everything and just says, I'm going to pray the prayer. And when I pray this prayer, Everything is going to be perfect. Timothy, you can rejoice and you're going to be just over the moon with happiness with all your problems are going to go away. But unfortunately, uh, Paul says to Timothy, stand strong. And he proceeds to go and give him three pictures. It's not just stand strong. It's stand strong in God's grace, in God's ability and in God's power and strength and his might. Three pictures to describe how we do that. The first picture was of a soldier, and we saw that a couple of weeks ago. And the key that I want you to remember as a soldier, stand your ground. Yes, there's a battle raging. I'm reminded of when Clean and I first came to England, and obviously we did all the tourist stuff. So we went down to London, and there at Buckingham Palace, we watched the guard. And uh, the Queen's guard was stood there, you know those big fluffy hats? And... Uh, I presume they're not called hats, but anyhow, um, so we're watching these guys and they did not move. They were dead straight. You know, rain or sunshine, they did not move. When someone came in front of their face, they did not move. And when they were marching, just everyone had to get out of their way because they were single-minded. They were focused. This is what I'm doing and nothing will get in my way. And that's the kind of picture that I see Paul trying to tell Timothy. Stand your ground and don't waver. Doesn't matter if it's raining or it's sunshine, if it's good times or bad times, you stand your ground. Then he went on and Paul gives him another picture. This time it's of an athlete and surrounding the culture, obviously it was the Olympic Games and the Pan-Hellenic Games. And there it was a case of prepare, prepare yourself. You see, it's not a case of that you might one day in a battle. It is, you're going to be in a fight. You're going to be in a race. You're going to be in a wrestling match. The question is going to be, are you prepared for that match? Interesting though, all those athletes in the Olympic Games and in the Pan-Hellenic Games, they were practicing and exercising in the gymnasium together as a team and they would encourage each other. They would exercise spiritually, emotionally and also physically. And Paul encourages us to do exactly the same thing. But you know what? Something, do it together is so important. It's so much easier when someone else is there to hold the weight for you as you bench press. It's so much easier when someone else has been able to say, you know what I did? I did this and it really worked for me. That might help you. It's so much easier when you remain in connection with each other. So I encourage you, church, don't let go of your small groups, your WhatsApp groups, your home groups, your connect groups. Stay, make that a priority in your Christian walk. That's where you can bounce off ideas and different scriptures. And and if you are going through a hard time, they're the people that can get around you. Also, they're the couple of people that might be able to give you a run for your money and practice a little bit of bouting with you. And uh, as Paul's saying, sometimes he buffets the body so that he doesn't himself fall. So we want to train hard. 
And then the third picture I'd like to talk about this morning. So I'd like us just to quickly take our Bibles and we're going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, 4 and 5. And it says this. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And if anyone competes in the athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must be first to participate and partake of the crops. Paul goes now and gives a totally different picture. The first picture was of a soldier, the second one of an athlete, and now a hard-working farmer. Now, quite interesting here, this farmer. Uh, it's first of all starts with hard-working farmer. The word farmer is actually that of a vine dresser. And that word is used four times in the Bible only. Each time it's in connection with a vine dresser. Uh, we saw a parable of the wicked vine dressers in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then John, Jesus talks about how he's the vine and we are the branches. And then lastly here, Timothy as well speaks about the vine dresser. Something very interesting. These are guys that would actually nurture and look after the vineyard. Their job was to water, to prune it, to make sure there's no insects, to make sure that the plants were healthy. They would lift up, they would prune back, they would make sure that everything was being done to ensure a great harvest. So the focus that Paul is giving us one here is of productivity. He wants us to work hard to produce a harvest. But he doesn't just say that we're farmers and we're vine dressers and that we must work towards that. He actually says hard working. And in the Greek there, the word that is used is that of a laborer, hard labor. This was most probably the lowest income group that you could get. These guys were hired and they would toil in the fields from the first sunrise right through to the end of day. They would sit in, they would dig in, they would put the seed in and, and they go row upon row, row upon row. And that's all they did. They worked flat out until the end of day. And as I was meditating on this, I noticed something. What Paul is saying to Timothy, it doesn't matter what position you hold in life, whether you're the hardworking laborer or you're the farm owner, or you're in a leadership position or a connect group leader, or maybe at work or maybe you're a mom at home. All of us, irrespective, have to work hard. Just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I get an easy ride. In fact, I've got to work just as hard as everyone else, and sometimes I think even harder. We have to work hard, Paul is telling us. Say, so, oh my goodness, this. But listen, there is a reward coming. Uh, just by the way, just look at that little link there. Uh, Till the end of day, there is an end coming. There is a time that Jesus is coming back. In fact, we'll read here in James chapter 5 and verse uh, 7. He says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. James is also alluding to the fact that Jesus is coming back. We've got to stand strong. We're going to train hard and we've got to work hard until Jesus comes back. Just because we've been in a pandemic and a lockdown, we mustn't get complacent. We mustn't start to think, ah, oh, we're just going to rest in bed and I'll stay in my pajamas. No, we get up and we do diligently our work because there is a reward coming. Jesus is coming back. Well, if we're talking about productivity and we're talking about hard times, how do I relate this to 2021? What can I do this year 
to try and make sure by the end of the year I am still standing strong. And I started to ask myself these questions. Am I standing still strong like a soldier throughout 2020 and 2021? Am I going to continue to stand my ground and say, I believe this and I'm not going to waver? Am I prepared to train hard as an athlete and uh, read my Bible on a regular basis? Train, make sure that I'm attending all my connect groups and, and making sure that I'm getting the input and the preparation, reading my Bible and praying. Am I working hard like a farmer? Am I telling somebody else about Jesus? I'm reminded of that parable of the ten virgins. There we see the bride and she's frantically getting herself ready because the bridegroom is coming back. And there were those uh, ten virgins and they had got tired. They got docile. They weren't actually, they were nodding off and sleeping. And five of them even ran out of oil. We shouldn't be like it. We need to be the ones alight and awake and shining bright. Matthew 5 says we need to be like a light on a hill. We need to be the salt of the earth. We need to be focused and trying to bring in the harvest before Jesus comes back. My first thoughts are, oh man, this is too hard. I can't do this. I'm so tired. I, I feel like I'm getting fatigued, zoomed out, WhatsApped out. I, I'm tired. Wayne, how, I don't know if I can do all this. And I'm just feeling just like you. I thought, oh, no, not anymore. How do I get through? What can I do to motivate myself to stay strong? Work hard. And then I read Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 through to 3. Run with endurance the race that he set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Hebrews 12, the writer to the Hebrews there says, look at Jesus as your example. What did Jesus do? He actually went through most probably the hardest time ever. You think we got it hard? Jesus suffered here abuse, abuse from people. He actually died the worst death that has been known to mankind, crucifixion. What motivated him? What pushed Jesus through to the end? The Bible says there, the joy that was set before him. He looked beyond the suffering and the hardship to the reward Oh my goodness, I start to think about that. Does a soldier have a reward? Does the athlete get a reward? Does a farmer get a reward? What will make it me, what will motivate me to stand stronger? What will motivate me to train harder? What will motivate me to sow and reap more? It's the reward that I can get. Oh, could we begin for a moment just to look at the reward? Uh, Paul, he was writing these words sitting in jail and he's looking around at soldiers. And I'm sure he must have uh, thought back a little bit of the reward of a soldier. He writes to the Ephesians church, the church in Ephesus, and he says in chapter 6 and verse 10, Finally, brethren. Now that is military talk. That's boy talk. All the boys are going to love this. Uh, actually, it refers to finally comrades or finally band or group of brothers. Literally, it, the literal word means two boys born from the same womb. They share the same feelings, emotions, the same problems. Now, in the Greek culture, in the Roman military, it was hugely impacted and a significant amount of their language came and uh, was uh, impacted by Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great lived 356 B.C., Alexander was irrefutably the greatest soldier of the ancient world. He conquered the entire Eastern Empire before the age of 18, 18. 
By 33, he had conquered the Western Empire with his reign, including Europe, North America, North Africa, sorry, uh, reaching into Greece, Turkey, Asia, through to the Western Indian border. In fact, records show that in one event, over 40,000 Persian aggressors came to uh, fight with them, and he only lost 110 men. You see, soldiers all over the known world wanted to be associated with him. In fact, his acquaintance, being acquainted with Alexander the Great, was the greatest reward that a soldier could get. In fact, Alexander the Great would hold special ceremonies where he would recognize uh, soldiers, people that worked hard, stood their ground, and he would put his arm around them and he would call them brother. That reminds me of modern days, that would be equivalent of our Victoria Cross, the Medal of Honor, the highest achievement that you can get. It was for the champion to put his arm around you and say, brother. Jesus has said he's not ashamed to be called our brother. Oh, wow. I would love for Jesus to stand and say, come on, well done, Wayne. Good and faithful servant, my brother. Oh, I know he's our Lord and he's our Savior, but he's also our brother. What a fantastic relationship. I want you to think back. Have any of you ever been picked for a team? Uh, I, I love watching these uh, reality TV programs and uh, like Survivor or something like that. And they, they want to pick the team. And uh, I notice the joy that people have when they're picked first. And they run up to the guy who picked them first and they put their arms around and they, they pump them. They, they knock each other and bounce each other. And, and they're all excited they're picked first. But when you're picked last, you kind of like sulk and you get up and say, huh. And the commentator or the host will always say, well, how does that, that make you feel being picked last? You think, rubbish. It makes me feel really rubbish. I was lost. I, I'm not wanted. I want to tell you, though, Jesus, if you'll stand your ground, and if you're training hard, he's going to say, well done, brother. You picked. You're on my team. I want you. And the joy of being picked by Jesus is phenomenally good. Athletes, they, they train too for a crown, for a wreath. Oh, in, even in modern days, the Olympics, getting gold, there is no higher achievement than getting gold in the Olympics. In South Africa, we have a race called the Comrades Marathon. Comrades Marathon. You have to complete a whole host of previous marathons in order to qualify just to partake in the race. And just qualifying or finishing the race, getting over the finish line, forget winning, just finishing this race is bragging rights. And people put the certificate up on the wall saying that they have run the comrades and finished within, I think it is the 10 hours that you're allocated. Same thing applies to the hardworking farmer. Oh man, the joy of bringing in those, that harvest. You toiled for weeks on end and now finally you see the fruit of your labors. I wanna ask you church, do you feel like you're in a fight with the enemy and possibly losing? Do you feel like you've been tracing, training hard and running the race, but you're not making much progress? Have you been sowing and reaping and doing all that as much as you can, but the rewards aren't as what you thought they would be or as good as they were? I want to tell you, if you want to get motivated, look beyond all the frustrations, look to the end and look towards the reward. Look at what Paul said, the hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. I love those words there, the hard-working farmer must, underline must, take your highlighter, must be first 
to partake of the crops. You know what that word in the original text means? A requirement, a necessary requirement. In fact, it goes one step further and says it's a requirement of the law. It's a physical and practical law that they must get the harvest first or partake of the harvest. It didn't say should or could or maybe if you've been good. It says must. Oh, if we stand our ground, train hard, so then we are going to reap a reward. It's a promise that is made to us. Do you remember in Matthew 25, Jesus telling a parable and he tells a story of the talents and he gave, he says how the master went away and before he went, he gave one servant five talents. He gave another servant two talents. He gave the third servant one talent. And he told them to do business until he comes back. And when he came back after a long time, he said, right, let's settle accounts. And the first servant came and said, master, you gave me five and I have gained a further Five. What was the master's response? He said these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh my goodness. When you see that and you, the master then you say, look what I've done. And you see his eyes and he puts his arm around and says, brother, I tell you what you get. That is the joy. Enter into the joy of the Lord. His approval is what we need to be seeking. The guy who have had two talents, he came back to the master and said, master, you gave me two. And I've got another two. What was the master's response? Did the master say, oh, one day when you get as clever as that guy and when you work as hard as him, then maybe you'll be able to get a great reward. No, he didn't say that. The master said to the guy with just the two who brought back another additional two. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You see, the master gave them the talents according to their ability. God has asked you to run a race. Not the same race as me. He's asked you to stand your ground. Not the same ground as me. But together we get the same reward. Maybe God's asked you to do a little bit and you're going to get the same reward as a guy who's been saved 50 years. And if he delivers the same, we have to work to a maximum of our ability. I get excited by that because I look at some of the heroes of faith that we read about in the Bible and in the world today. And I'm like, I'll never measure up to their stature. I'll never be as good as they are. And God's saying, I just want you to be as good as I've asked you to be. Would you stand and run the race that I've given you to run? And I am going to receive that reward where Jesus puts his arm around me and says, Well done, Wayne, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We're busy talking about farming. And I want to read a farming verse. This is Mark chapter 4 and verse 26 through to 28. Listen to these words. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. All by itself. All by itself is a principle. The law says, the principle states, that if you take seed, you put it in the ground and cover it up and gets watered, it will produce. There's no ifs, no buts, no whens. It will produce. It might take a little bit of time. We've got seed, time, and then harvest. But it will produce. Are we prepared to stand our ground? Because when we stand our ground, we will win. When we train hard, we will win in the, and win the race. 
When we sow, if we can stand our ground and just be patient, we will reap a harvest. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't cave in. Another verse is a very similar one, actually. Isaiah 55, one of my favorite verses. Listen to this. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. When the rain comes down and waters the earth, it makes, full stop, makes it. End of story. It, it, there's no escape route there. It has to work for us. When we follow these biblical principles, we stand our ground, we train hard, we work hard, we will get that reward. It's not an if, it's not a but, it's not a maybe. It's a guaranteed we will get the honor and the reward that Jesus has got lining up for me. Man, I'm starting to get excited about this. Listen to this, why we can't fail. Let me explain to you why we are winners. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors in Romans 8 verse 37. Then he says in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 2 verse 14, Thanks be to God who leads us in triumph. He's already won the race. He's already beaten the enemy. We now just enjoy his victory that he has given us. He now in Ephesians 2 seats us in heavenly places with our enemies under his feet. We are, we've got the crown of victory already. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory, oh, that race we've already won because Jesus has won the race for us. All I have to do, stand my ground. I am not going to be moved. I tell you, whether it comes rain or sunshine, I'm standing my ground. Pandemic, come on, I'm standing my ground. I am not giving up. I'm going to train hard every day. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get with my connect group. I'm not budging off the word of God. I believe his promises are true and I will get the reward. Jesus is going to be saying to me, Wayne, well done. Done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, it goes on. I tell you what, listen to this one. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Do not become weary in due season. You will reap. Not maybe, not might. You will reap. It's a spiritual law. I want to end with these words. It isn't how well we fight or how well we compete that really counts in life. What really counts is that we keep standing, we keep on training, we keep on sowing our seed. This never give up attitude, that attitude will eventually produce victory and a reward for us every single time. Guys, it's a kingdom law. It's a principle that can't be broken. One last scripture before I go. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 10, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. God of grace, the God of ability, power, and might that he gives to me, his grace to me, yes, it says there, he will make you stand firm and strong and steadfast. Oh man, that's a reward. I'm going to be strong. Come 2021, going into 22, I'm still standing. I'm going to be steadfast because I'm not budging. That's a promise. But the verse does say, after you have suffered a little. And I, I was reading, well, what's that suffering? Well, why don't we back up one verse and let's just read verse 9. Listen to this. It says, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So, 
listen, suffering is resisting or resisting is suffering. Resisting what? Good question. We'll back up another verse. Let's read verse 8. Your enemy, the devil, he's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's who we're resisting. It's the enemy. The suffering that Peter is talking about is not sickness and disease. He's talking about the attack of the enemy that is in your life. We resist him. And when we resist him, he has to flee. And God says the promise is, the reward is that when we stand strong, he will make us firm and complete us, making us steadfast. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. Paul's last words in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse and chapter 4, he says to Timothy, he says, what persecution and trials I've gone through in my life. And he says, but out of them all, the Lord has delivered me. I want to tell you, I know you're going through a hard time. I know sometimes there's sickness in our bodies. Sometimes our mental minds are going crazy. I know that, but if we stand strong, he will deliver us from them all. Paul even says, are the mouths of lions in chapter 4 and verse 18. He delivers me from them all. Oh my goodness, there is a reward. When Jesus comes back, he gives us instantaneous instant, uh, life. He sends and promises in John 8, 51, that we will not taste eternal death. We get resurrected bodies just like Jesus. Oh man, I can eat as much honeycomb as I want and fish and it's not, I'm not going to put on any weight. It's going to be great. Uh, he says there in 1 Corinthians 14 that we will be rewarded for what we do down here on, in our bodies. When we stand firm, run the race, look at the crowns that we get. James 1.12 says we get a crown of life. 1 Peter 5.4 says we get a crown of glory. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7 and 8 says we get a crown of righteousness. Oh, I want to say to you, stand your ground and you will win.